0: our sermon outlines this year are partially condensed it down. That's the reason we've got lines on the other side so you can take notes. Uh, and I want, I want to encourage you to do that because everything that we preach, it, it should be to where you go back and look at that. You're not going to contain everything that I say just by sitting there listening to me say it. But when you look at it, When you write it down, and then when you go back and review it, you pick up on a whole lot more of that. And it's important. Uh, I talked about tithes and offerings, but really what this is about, it's a matter of the heart, and it's a matter of putting God first in our lives. See, that tithing is not so God will have money. We all know that, don't we? I mean, that's not the purpose of it. But tithing is an indication that we have put God first in our life. Giving tithes and offerings shows that. And so we want to look at it from that standpoint this morning. So if you won't be mad at me for a little bit, I'm going to preach about a real unpopular subject, and that's tithing. Now, we all want blessings, but so many times we don't, need, we don't want to be reminded about what we need to do to get involved in those blessings. When we come down to the end of this service, we're going to receive another offer. No, we're not going to do that. When we come down to the end of this service, I, my goal for you today is to realize that God has to be in first place. When God is in first place, everything is going to work like it needs to in your life. Now, there may be hard times. There may be difficult times, and there will because we live on an evil world. We live in an evil world. There's evil and, and sin And life all around us. And there's going to be hard times. But wouldn't you rather go through hard times with everything in line and God there number one than the way that we normally go through them and God's not number one and we really have to stop and take all this time to try to get everything figured out. So today will be a good time for you to make sure that God is number one in your life. Now I want to read Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 to begin with. Now Jesus is not talking to us here in the first part of this verse because he's talking to Pharisees and hypocrites. So he's not talking to us in the first part of this verse, so <laughs> y'all got that, had not you? You see how I take up for y'all? I, I said, Lord, we don't have Pharisees and hypocrites in our church. <clears throat> you know, I never heard back on that. <laughs> might have been because I might have been the first one he to mentioned. So that's what it says. For you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, which is judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. I want you to notice something. He's talking here to the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, they carried this thing of tithing out to everything. And what he's saying here that this is not all your tithing. He said, but you even carry tithing so far that you tithe off of your herbs that you grow in your garden. Now, this is what he's saying to him here. And he said, This is good. Anything, and we'll see this later, anything that's an increase in higher life, there needs to be a first fruit off of that that goes to God through some form in some way. But listen to what he said. He said, this ought you to have done. He's talked about, uh, before he said that, he said, judgment, mercy, and faith. This ought you to have done. Judgment, mercy, and faith. See, they were doing this, but their hearts were hardened. They were callous. They were self-righteous. They were judgmental. And anybody that wasn't doing exactly like what they were doing, they were sinners. And they called them that. Especially the the publicans and, and, and the harlots and all of those. They call them sinners and made no bones about it. They would not have gone over in today's political correct society. Not at all. I mean, they, call it just, they called it just like it was. But listen, there's nothing wrong with calling it like it is, but they did it with a hardened, callous, judgmental heart. I think we need to call things like they are, but we need to do it out of a heart of love and not a heart of judgment because it's not something that lines up to us or something that we don't like. He said, "But he said this you ought to have done, but don't leave the other undone. Now, the other he's talking about undone here is tithing. He said, don't leave this undone. So if Jesus said this, then it's bound to have been important for us to understand this particular thing. Now, like Hallie's devotion was, we don't put tithing ahead of love, okay? But we tithe because of love, our love for God. So, so you bear with me now. So let's go to the world's most famous scripture on tithing. It's a scripture that a lot of times, if you mention it from the pulpit, ears get turned off, listening gets put away. So I'm going to ask you not to do that this morning because I want us to see this with some understanding. See, here, here's the thing I want you to know. There's folks in our church that give sacrificially. And there's folks that don't. And I'm, I'm not saying that to, for a point of condemnation at all. The purpose of these messages this month is to encourage you in your giving and to know that you can receive because of what the Word of God says. And to know that if we do it, we do it right. See, you can give a whole bunch of money, but if you're not doing it right, then it's not going to benefit you like it needs to. And then also, that if you're not tithing, that you begin to tithe. Now, I believe tithing is for, for young people, too. Anyone that has any kind of increased income that comes to them, I, I think that children need to be taught to tithe off of their allowance that they're given. I think they need to be taught to tithe off of their part-time jobs. And if they are, then a pattern is set in their life to where they tithe, and, and they always are able to rise above the other things, and walk in the blessings of God more than other folks are. So, uh, and see, he's t- he talked about all of this. And he said, These things, teach these to your children. Now, we teach our children to love each other, not to be selfish, that, you know, and all these other kind of things that we teach our children not to steal, not to kill, uh, murder. You know, we teach them all of these things that he said back over there in Deuteronomy to teach them. But then there's other things that we stop short of teaching. And one reason that people don't teach it is because they're not convinced of it themselves. Now I said that, and so moving right along, Matthew Malachi chapter three, verse six. Uh, can I tell you all this? This has probably been one of the hardest messages that I've put together to preach in a good little while, because somebody's going to say he's talking to me. Maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> But let's let the Holy Spirit do the talking, okay? Verse 6, he says, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, we can say that about us today. God, it, God could speak to us today and say, I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you people of Victor Fellowship are not consumed. I thank God He's a God of love, don't you? I thank God God cares for us. And God is doing everything He can. He, he did everything He could to get us saved. And then He's doing everything He can to bring us through this because God's able to keep us from falling and present us before Himself without spot and without blemish. So I thank God that He's that kind of God. Don't you? So let's read on. Even from the days of your fathers you have gone away from mine ordinances. Not ordinance. What is an ordinance? There in verse 9, or verse 7 rather. An ordinance is a principle of ordinary behavior. That's an ordinance. We talk about ordinances of the church. One ordinance of the church is, is communion. Some churches have it every day. That's an ordinance of the church. That's an ordinary behavior. You go to that church, they have communion every Sunday. You go in, you expect to have communion. That's an ordinary thing that, that needs to take place. Some, some ordinary things that people do are not good. But when he said, here, you've gone away from my ordinances, in other words, he said, you've gone away from practices that you need to be practicing. You've gone away from doing things that you need to be doing. He said, you've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Well, and then he asked a question. a Tough question. Will... A man, I'm going to say it this way, will a person, so that nobody feels left out, will a person rob God? Well, now we all know that there's no way that we could get us an AR-15 and walk into heaven and say, stick them up. That's not going to work, is it? Will a man rob God? And and right off, we'd say off of our head, you can't rob God. Wouldn't that be what most of us would normally say? You can't rob God. Well, listen what he said in answer to this question. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And his answer is, in tithes and offerings. Now listen to what he said. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, Of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, a couple of things I want us to to look at here. In verse 10, he said, Prove. Prove me. Some some translations said try or test. Some say, God says test me in this. Only place in the Bible, anywhere you look, that God says put me to the test and see if I won't do what I said. Put me to this test. In verse 9, he brings in another word that we don't like to hear. He said... uh, you're cursed with a curse. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Stop right there. I'm not under the law, and Christ died to redeem me from the curse. Exactly. Galatians chapter three, verse fourteen. He died to redeem us from the curse of the law. But let me tell you what the curse of the law is. The curse of the law is walking out from under what God has said to do. And a curse is a consequence. What is it we tell all our children? Everything you do, there's a consequence involved. It may be good and it may be bad. So in our Christian life, if there's things that we're not doing right, or not doing at all, and it's in an area to where, you know, we we know we should do something, but we don't, then there's some consequences that's going to take place. You mean, Pastor, I'll go to hell if I don't tithe? I don't believe the Bible teaches that you'll go to hell if you don't tithe. Okay? But there's a whole lot of things in this life that we'll miss if we're not involved in, involved in God's financial plan. So I, I, if there's a curse, a consequence, I won't come to me. I want it to be the blessing side of that thing, don't you? And not the bad side of it. Now, something we need to realize is that tithing tests our hearts. Tithing is a test. Every time you get paid, every time you have finances come in, whether it's from a sale of a product or whether it's, you know, maybe maybe you sold your four-wheeler last week and you made money off of that. That's an increase. Anything that you do, that any time there's increase come to you, and, and I'm going to say this, and, you know, I believe, this is what I believe. This is David Carroll, okay? I believe, that if you get a tax return from the government, that's an increase. Because it's money you wouldn't have. They've made ways so you can get money back, and that's an increase. And God is not wanting you to give Him all your increase. He's not asking you to bring your paycheck into the house of God. That's nowhere indicated in the Bible. But He did say this, that when you have an increase, a tithe... Is to come to the Lord by bringing it to the house of God, and we'll see that. And this is this is the house of God. And and, and let me just disqualify something right now: the thought that Satan's putting in somebody's mind that he's just up there preaching for money, trying to instruct us in the ways of God. Okay, for a blessing on us all. See, we're believing God to add, to add on to this place, and I'm believing God that we're we're coming to the point to be the people that God can say I'm going to bless you, so you can build that. And it comes through this group of people right here. Now, God can do it any way He wants to, okay? God can cause the lady that won that $520 million mega lottery. God can put it in her heart about Victor Fellowship and she send that money down here. You say, that ain't going to happen. Well, let's don't close out any options, all right? Let's Let's don't shut out anything. And. Yeah, I saw something on that, and you may have too, that that woman, she was late and coming forward because she didn't want all the publicity and everything. And they made a statement they didn't know she was going to get the money that that amount was drawing, the interest that that money was drawing every day. And it said it was drawing $14,000 a day interest. Wow. <laughs> We may can make some changes here and there, but I believe we could live off a of 14,000 a day, don't you? <laughs> Just, anyhow, moving on to this. Let me get back over here to this. I'm believing for God to bring through our people the finances we need to do what we need. Now, God, like I said, God can do it any way He chooses. I'm not going to limit God and say, Now, God, we're not going to take it if it don't come through our folks. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, God, any way you want but I'm asking you to bring it through our people. Because I want us to come to the point to where we're givers and tithers and we do it the right way. Now, a tithe literally means a tenth part. But the Bible indicates it to be the first tenth, not what's left over when you get through paying your bills. See, if we're our tithe that we're to bring to Him should be the first thing that leaves our hand after that increase comes to us. Whether it's our paycheck, it comes once a week, twice a month, once a month, whatever, but that's our increase, that, that the first thing that leaves our hand out of that ought to be our tithe, not, after we do everything else, we go down here, a tithe is the first. Now, that might be the reason that sometimes we give, and, and maybe give a good bit of money, but we're not seeing the blessing from it because it's not the first to go out. Now, I'm going to tell you how I do it. Now, you do it however you want to, as long as we do it right. I receive a check every week from the church. And then once a month, I receive a Social Security check, which, you all don't understand, you know, thank God for what I'm able to receive from the church. Social Security is not a benefit. <laughs> I mean, it helps, don't get me wrong. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. When that comes in, I may not write the check right then, but I know what my tithe is, and that amount of money is secured regardless of what else may come along. What else don't get it? That amount of money is secure to when I write that check. My tenth is taken care of. Now that's to me that's giving first. That's going first because I'm making provision for it. And and uh, and I believe that we see the blessing of God, folks. I kind of tell you, there's a time that even pastor of a church, I didn't believe this. I thought, you know, give what you can. And that was it. And you know what we always gave? What we could. And sometimes it was nothing. Uh, there's two kinds of people when it comes about tithing. This is the end of my message. So I'm going to bring it up now in case I don't get to finish. There's two kinds of people when it comes to tithing, two testimonies. One of them is that I'm a tither and I'm blessed. The other testimony is, well, I can't tithe. Or, I don't believe in tithing. Well, not to believe in tithing is not to believe the Word of God. And also then, many times the reason we can't tithe is because we don't tithe. And this is something we learned. When when I got a hold of this in 1980, I mean, folks, we were down under the barrel. And I'm serious. I'm not just making something up to sound uh, dramatic. We were under the barrel. We had to make a car payment at a certain time every two weeks or we was going to lose our automobile. We were behind on everything. I got a hold to this and I came to it and I said, Look, we've not been doing right. We need to start tithing regardless. Regardless. So we started tithing long about the middle of May of 1980. And folks... It wasn't long till we came out from under the bottom of the barrel and we got up in the barrel. <laughs> and, and I don't know that we're completely to the top of the barrel yet, but I'm telling you, things are a whole lot better than they were 40 years ago. A whole lot better. And I thank God for that. And it's because we learned the principle that if I'm going to put God first, then my money needs to follow my words and putting God first. It's a tenth. It's the first tenth. A ten percent. You know, why does he say a 10%? Well, because it's fair to everyone. If God were to come in here today and say, okay, if you're going to give to me, everybody's got to give $75 a week. Now, for some folks, that wouldn't be a problem. But for other folks, it could be a problem. God didn't do that. He just said, bring me a tenth. Ten percent. If you make $100, 10% is $10. If you make $1,000, 10% is a $100. Now, and, and here's the thing about it, that's our starting point. People say, well, we're under grace and that don't apply to us. This ought to be our starting point in our relationship with God regardless of whether we want to say we're under grace or under law. I'm under grace too. But because of grace, it makes me want to be more liberal to where that I, I, we give a tithe, but we give above that. A- and we you know we add to it. I've told you a lot of times. Every time the devil says you can't you can't give that much, I always make it for more, because I'm telling him he's not going to control my relationship with God by cutting me down in what I give and and show God that my heart's in the right place. See, there's a in the scripture there's a, a the number ten represents test. Now, just follow with me a minute. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Anybody? Ten. And he said, I'm testing, trying Pharaoh's heart. So he, ten plagues. How many commandments are there? Y'all can get involved in this. It's a simple test. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 22, how many times did the children of Israel test God in the wilderness? Somebody can read it right there. How many times? Come on, I'm not not mad at y'all or nothing now, y'all. Help me out here. Ten times. Thank you. How many times did Jacob's wages get changed by Laban? Ten times. How many days was Daniel tested in eating the Daniel food before he was presented to the king? Ten. That's exactly right. Uh, how many virgins were tested on waiting for Jesus in Matthew chapter 25? Okay. And how many days of testing are mentioned in the book of Revelation? Ten. Okay. How many days are in a week? I just... (laughs) Get something out of you this morning. But see, God God said, now prove me, test me. And And the word prove here is talking about the way that gold is tested for its purity. God says this to us. Test me to see how pure I am and what I've said I'll do. Because he said that when we do this and get involved with him in this, that he said, I will bless you. I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out blessings there's not room enough to receive. He said, I will set you on high. And, he, and in Deuteronomy, he's talking about when we're involved in this, that we get to the point to where we lend and don't borrow. We're the lenders and not the borrowers. That'd be a good place to be, wouldn't it? And this this is God's Word that we need to look at. Uh, Many times, people, people don't tithe and they say, well, I don't need that because I'm doing pretty good. Got a pretty good job. Got, you know, good income. We're making it. Got everything we need, everything we want. And that's good. But let me tell you something. Bringing that under a tithe and giving a tithe to God puts God in His place. Whenever you don't and you look at all you've done, that puts you in first place. Now, I want to ask you a question. Many of you got a good job. Thank God you do. And and good incomes and good things like that and retirements and, and along that line. Now, supposing where you work goes out of business next week you're not going to be able to depend on you any longer, are you? Do you know that where God is, it's not going out of business? Inflation, depression, recession does not affect God any way whatsoever. God's not devastated because some member of the family gets a terrible sickness or disease, and it takes all that we've got to take care of that. See, God is able to handle those things. And when I come before Him with my heart, and I give that, that tithe, at least the tithe, and then add to it, then I'm saying to God, God, you're first place, and I'm dependent on you. If my place goes out of business, I'm dependent on you. If the economy falls, I'm dependent on you. If recession or depression comes, I'm dependent on you. If some kind of sickness, devastating thing comes in to shake us up financially, I'm dependent on you. So you see why it's important that we begin to do this. Now, let me share this with you. Tithing is biblical, and I'm trying to hurry. Tithing is biblical. Right? Genesis chapter 14, see, here's to help us understand that tithing is not just Mosaic law, okay? Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said he's blessing Abram. Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Abraham gave Melchizedek tithes of all in semblance of giving it to God. Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. Jacob was running away from his, uh, his brother and on his way to Laban, and he laid down that night. He had the vision. He saw the, the ladder from heaven and the angels ascending and descending on that ladder. When he woke up, he said this, And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. He called it El Bethel. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Now, this is before the law. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Now let me, let me stop right here and, and bring something into this. When the children of Israel were coming into the promised land, and they were coming to Jericho, God said this to them, said, Now you go in, don't take the accursed things, But the gold and the silver and the other metals, bring them into my house. Now see, they already had the tabernacle going by now. God said, bring them into my house. Well, we know the story of how that Achan went out there and he got greedy and he got in some gold and silver, took it and put it in his tent. Maybe he was thinking that when he got over there and got settled, he was going to need a start. Well, you see, when when we get to thinking things that way, then we leave God out of it. So... God, uh, you know, they got through in Jericho, and they went to Ai, and they got defeated. Joshua prayed and said, God, what what took place here? And God said, because Israel has taken of the accursed thing. Well, I thought it, if it was blessed to God, it wasn't accursed. Well, let me, let me go on with you here for a minute. So, when it came down to it, he said, he said I took of this. And I hid it in my tent. Here it is. We all know he, he lost his life because of it. Now, don't get, don't get scared. We're not going to have an Ananias and Sapphire kind of movement here this morning, I don't believe. You know, okay. we are not got enough rocks to take care of all of that. But he told them to bring all of it from Jericho to him. Bring it into his house. Why? Because God is always looking at first things. Jericho was the first town they were coming to. Do you know that God never said that about any of the other places that they went to? And they, they completely overturned 30-something kings and their dynasties in the land of Canaan. God never another time said, bring all of that other, don't touch the accursed thing. And the reason is, is because they went out, they got all of this spoil, and now then, they were bringing tithes to God. Why? Because God had set down the first thing. Jericho was a tithe on the promised land. Get a hold of that. Now, he said here the tithe is holy to the Lord. Holy. Set apart. Sanctified. If it's the Lord's. If you're not tithing, You're holding on to something that's the Lord's. And get a hold of this. When we hold on to what is the Lord's, it becomes an accursed thing to us. When it's given to the Lord, it's a blessing. When we hold on to it, it's a curse. The consequences of not doing this are going to take place. And there again, I don't believe God's going to slap you down and make you go to hell, but... Folks, when we live this life, I want the best blessings of God upon me. That's what we're talking about, increase in blessings. If we want to see increase in blessings, then this is an area that we need to begin to deal in and move in. Uh, Wouldn't it be better to give the tenth and have the blessing on the 90% than to have a curse on the hundred? Thank you. I'm glad y'all hadn't took up rocks to stone me yet. And Deuteronomy chapter twenty six. I hadn't got there yet, have I? Yeah, I have. That's next. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And Deuteronomy chapter twenty six and verse one and two. And it shall be when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for inheritance and a possession. And possess it and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of the land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name. Now, the choose to place his name, and that day it was a tabernacle. It was the temple, and then it was the synagogue. Today it's the local church where you attend. Is the place that God has chosen to, to place his name. Now, and you go down to verse 13 here, and in verse 13 of Deuteronomy 26, he said, And thou shalt say before the Lord. See, that's the reason this morning I wanted us to bring our offering and then say. Now listen to what he says to say. I have brought away the hallowed things out of my house, in other words, I've taken my tithes to the Lord, and also have given them unto the Levite, or to the minister in charge, And unto the stranger the father said, because you see, when your tithe comes in, Pastor Carol don't get it, okay? It's dispersed out. We use it for other things, to help people. And to the widow, according to all the commandments which thou hast commanded me, and I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my morning. In other words, I have not gotten a bind and took my tithe and used it. People say, well, you know, I I think God would rather us pay our bills than the tithe. You know why we get to where we can't pay our bills? Okay. Neither have I taken away aught thereof for an unclean use. In other words, I have not taken the tithe and gone and done something I shouldn't do with it. Nor given aught thereof for the dead. But I have hearkened to the voice of the Lord thy God, and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Now, verse 15. Look down from thy holy habitation from heaven, and bless thy people Israel, and the land which thou hast given us, as thou swearest unto our fathers, a land that floweth with milk and honey. So, in other words, he says this. When we bring our tithes, when we have done this, then we need to say, say to the Lord a confession. Once we give our tithes, Once we make that confession, then we can say, Lord, bless your people. Bless your people. This is God's Word. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, our text, where he said that you tithe of, uh, talking to scribes and Pharisees again, you tithe of of these things, uh, mint, anise, and cumin, omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith, and these ought you have done, and not leave the other undone there. Jesus is saying you need to tithe, but live the total Christian life. Then Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7 it deals with Melchizedek. You remember we talked about him back up in Genesis chapter 14. Melchizedek, and it says in this that he had neither beginning of days nor end of life, had no, neither mother, father, nor descent. In other words, a lot of, a lot of Bible scholars believe that this was a pre incarnation appearance of Jesus that came, that Melchizedek was this because it calls him the, the, the king of righteousness and the king of peace. Now, whether that was so or not, we do know that Melchizedek was a different kind of person, and he was so to the point that God said to him, or said to Jesus, that I am making you, after the order of Melchizedek, a high priest forever. So he deals with this in Hebrews chapter 7, and in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8, he says, "Here, men that die, receive time. But there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth forever. Can I tell you this? That when you bring your tithe and you put it in that basket, and we honor the Lord with our giving and the first fruit of our increase, Jesus is receiving your tithe in heaven. He's our great high priest. He watches over it. And he receives our tithe in heaven. Here, people die. I mean, you know, that's talking about folks like me. <clears throat> and you. You. Whoever comes after us, if the Lord hadn't come back, we'd die. Right? But He never dies. And when we give our tithes, the ever-living Almighty God, Jesus Christ Himself receives our tithes in heaven. And folks, when He receives our tithes, He's able to take that and do something about it in our life. Tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing. In 2 Chronicles chapter 31 and verse 4, this is some exciting verses here. And uh, we're going to end with this this morning. I've got a lot of other, but we'll get to that at another time. In 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 4, let me, let me just set the stage here. Hezekiah's king. And Hezekiah had got introduced to the to the Word of God, what we call a law. And in that, he found out that people need to be tithed. And he got to looking around, and Jerusalem, or Judea, was in an economic uh, stalemate at this time. They were depressed. Things were not working good. People were going hungry. Uh, people were without. So Hezekiah read in that to where that they were supposed to tithe. And listen what he said. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwell in Jerusalem, to give the portion of the priests and the Levites, that's the tithe, that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. So he told them to do this. Well, between verse 4 and verse 10, I'm going to fill you in on this. So the people began to do it. And they brought, and 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 the house was full. They kept bringing, and kept bringing. They brought of their, their fruit of the ground, the fruit of the vine. They brought of their cattle, the sheep. They brought all of these things in to the point to where they had more than needed and they started putting it up in heaps. So one day, Hezekiah and his chief princes came to the temple and they saw all of this. They saw all of this offerings that had come in, all of these heaps of things. And, and in it, I can almost imagine Hezekiah saying, What took place? And so the chief priest said to him, said, Well, the people started bringing. And the more they started bringing, it looked like the more they got blessed. And the more they got blessed, the more they brought. And the more they brought, the more they got blessed. And we had to put it out in these heaps. And, and, and I can just almost imagine Hezekiah saying, Are the people giving everything away? He said, No, they're blessed. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people begin to bring the offering into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat, and have left plenty, for the Lord hath blessed his people with that, and that which is left is this great store. Well, that's a blessing in it, isn't it? That's a blessing that, that we need to get in. Now, folks, let me tell you. I'm not telling you to tithe so you can get money. First of all, I'm telling you to tithe because it's the Word of God. To tithe because of our love for him. And that tithe is to be a tenth. And people say, well, I can't do that. I want to tell you all a story. And I I know I've probably related this to you before, but it's one of the clearest illustrations that I can think of in being blessed of God. Brother Wayne Cryer right here, his daddy, got saved when we were over in the old building that's the antique store now. Got saved on a Sunday night before church. And I mean, he broke, he began to weep. And come back to church on Wednesday night. He was still weeping. He called me on Saturday. He said, Bert, you've got to come talk to me. I can't quit crying. So I went down and and I jokingly said to him, I said, what? your name's Crier. You're just doing what your name says. I know, but he said, I didn't even cry when my wife died. Killed the wreck. I didn't even cry. Didn't cry when she buried. I can't quit crying. He said, God's done so much for me. He said, I know I'm supposed to tithe but I can't. I can't do that. He said, I'm on a fixed income, and everything that comes in and goes out the door. Well, I think a lot of us can relate to that, can't we? And I sat there, and I, I prayed to myself. And I said, Lord, what I need to say to him that will help him through this situation? And God gave me this to tell him. And I'm going to say this to you this morning, but don't let it be an excuse, okay? But let it be a reason to trust God. I said to him, Brother Cryer, you give what you can. And from your heart that you have right now, you keep it pure before God. And God is going to receive that as a tithe until you get to where you can tithe. He said, well, I can't give but $10 a week. I said, well, give it in faith and humility, and God's gonna bless you. And I mean we're talking about somebody that didn't have a they don't have an overtime job or, you know, all of this kind of stuff like most of us think. Well, I'd get me a few more hours at work, I'd have some more money. But he didn't have any of that. And he began to give that. He told me, he said, My goal is to be the biggest giver in Victory Fellowship Church. That's my goal. Well, he started giving ten dollars a week. And it wasn't only to give twenty a week. And on down the road, before too far, he'd give 30 a week. Then he'd give 60 a week. Then 100 a week. And he kept on, and God blessed him, and he became, during the time that he was in our church, the the biggest giver, the most liberal giver, let me say it that way, that we had in our church. But where did he start? He started back down here with a heart of love for God because of what God had done for him in his life right there on that seat, changed him. And he started because he loved God. And as he did, he kept his heart pure and humble before God in that. And God brought him to that point. Now what I'm saying is this to us this morning, folks. When we realize, like I said last night, when we realize what God has done for us, Jesus gave his life for us and he changed us. Changed us completely. Brought us into where we could enjoy His grace, enjoy the blessings of His grace. Oh, when I think about that, that makes me want to give more. Sometimes I want to give everything i got. I, I had not got to that point yet. I want to come to the point to where if God says, give your truck away, I'd say, okay, God, who to? Sign the title and hand it to. God said, give your house away. I want to be able to sign the title and move out. I want to be able to do that. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give away my truck. I don't want to give away. God, may, you may never have to do that. That's not, not, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. We come to the point to where we're willing to do whatever. Why? Because I love God so much. I don't want nothing on this earth, especially finances, to stand between me and my God. When he's given us away, you don't you you'd never have to give more than a tithe, an offering, and we'll talk about this next time, as free will. But, oh, there's a blessing established with that free will when we give it that way. So, folks, what I'm saying is this. God's blessing is to us. And let me tell you again. If you don't tithe, you're not going to hell. But if you don't tithe, It's like going to a restaurant and eating the food and getting up and walking out without paying. You come here, you receive the food, you receive the spiritual help, all the things that we have, the amenities that we have here, all of these are available to you. So don't walk out without. And I'm not talking about paying to come to church. I'm talking about tithing because this is God's plan and God's way and receive the blessing of it. God says, put me first. And as we put Him first, then we can see life go like it needs to. And tithing is one way of doing that in our life. Y'all stand with me just now. Father, it's with humble hearts that we come before You just now. Lord, I pray that we've all received this message this morning. And Lord, because of our love and our zeal for you, that it moves us to in this way showing that you're first place in our life. Lord, I'm not talking about people showing me or showing